Hi, this is Michael Schenker from Scorpions UFO and this GM Temple of Rock. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello, all you rockers out there. This is Oni Logan from the Lynch Mob, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's up? This is Josh from Buckcherry. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. Check it out. Welcome to episode 309 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 309, we have the pleasure of being joined for the third time, actually, by Michael Schenker. Michael Schenker, obviously, um, lead guitarist of Michael Schenker Group, Michael Schenker's Temple of Rock, also probably best known for his time in UFO, and also with the Scorpions on the Love Drive and the Lonesome Crow album. So, pleasure to get a chance to talk to him again. He's got a great new DVD and Blu-ray out, uh, filmed live in Madrid, that we're going to talk to him about. This interview uh, originally appeared in GuitarWorld.com. I I did this article with him. So if you want to check out the transcripts, that's available at GuitarWorld.com. Before we turn to Michael, though, I want to bring up something that you may have seen on our Facebook pages or on our website. Um... Some good friends of ours are presenting the Drive for the Cure. This is uh, a benefit golf tournament being done in Dawson, Pennsylvania on August 27th. Uh, This is being uh, presented by the Cure Starts Now, the Western Pennsylvania chapter of the Cure Starts Now. And the purpose is to raise uh, funds and awareness for uh, juvenile cancers. So we have partnered with them and are offering some incentive for our listeners. Uh, If you register for the event, and you can go to ironcityrocks.com and get that information. If you register for the event with your paid foursome, we'll throw in four tickets to see a, a concert. We have a couple shows, and um, these are first come, first serve. We have the Clarks, uh, Slayer, uh, and a bunch of other shows on the list. Uh, Pink Floyd Tribute Band that'll be coming to Alter Bar. Uh, just a whole bunch of cool things. So head on over to ironcityrocks.com. If you scroll down just the tiniest little bit, you'll see Drive for the Cure. Click on that and you can get all the details and uh, have a great uh, day of golf with your friends and uh, take them out for a show as well. So check that out. So without further ado, we are going to talk to the man, Michael Schenker. Take it away, Michael. Okay, first um, I wanted to talk about the new video uh, on a mission live in madrid which uh, is now available on dvd and blu-ray um can you talk a little bit about that show in particular that night anything particular stand out about the show in madrid to you um well basically first of all the way it came together was it's uh, we already had um put uh, we were halfway through put uh, the routing of a european tour and then my record company in acoustic came up with this uh, idea that they were very excited about, to, uh, which was a new technology. And uh, 
it was, uh, it's called 3D listening. And uh, he asked me, uh, they asked me if I would, you know, be interested to, to do this. And, and I said, okay, well, let's see where we, where we can do this. And I always wanted to record a live album in, 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 uh, um, in Spain. And, uh, and that was part of our routing. And then Paris was also mentioned. But uh, because of my, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of, uh, that was an opportunity for me to eventually um, make an album in Spain. And so, the, because routing-wise, it fitted best in, and the crew, film crew, etc., everybody involved, and plus the, 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 the theater that we found, it had all the qualities that we were looking for, and uh, Paris could have been an option, but we decided for, everybody decided for Madrid, and uh, that's what we uh, that's what it was and uh, so basically um we showed up on the 19th and uh, did the recording and uh, you know the special of the recording was that there was a microphone hanging all over the venue so mm-hmm. that the 3d listening um effect uh, is like when you have the right equipment you when you're listening or watch it or whatever you feel like you're in the middle of the audience and so Basically, after we had a great show, everything went fantastic. The audience were fantastic. Everything was great. You know, I mean, we had so much fun. But uh, there was a couple of wrong notes I did. I wanted to fix. You know, actually, right. for the last three for the last three albums, actually, I haven't really fixed anything for the last uh, three, four, as far as I can remember, live performances. I always kept it the way it is, and that's what how I like doing things. But you know, I. I, you know, maybe I kind of tweak like a, a slightly out of tune bent uh, string or something that can be done in the studio. But I wanted to fix that one or two notes that that were wrong. And uh, as I was, as as we were trying to do it, we realized we couldn't fix it because you would still hear the wrong note because it was picked up by so many microphones. And yeah. then putting the right note there, it would create an even more discord. And and I just said, forget it. You know. The note wasn't really that wrong. It was just not the note I wanted, basically. And so we just left everything the way it was. And it was fine because the concert was great. So we had a, you know, a, a fantastic outcome with a great, with a new technology. And, and basically it's the first time a German band has, a German record company has, is releasing that. So, um, that is a good one. And, uh, and a reason, you know, to make a, a to make a record plus, you know, because, uh, and, and basically, so we, by this time now, we have been touring for four years, con- uh, basically consistently around the world. We made two studio albums, we made two DVDs and mm. uh, uh, live CD. And uh, so I, I look at it as a, as a time for a little break. The next um, Temple of Rock album we are looking for doing in 2017. So in the meantime, I am starting to develop a, 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 the next step to my, to my, um, you know, development in my career, which is the excitement of being able to play, um, to to actually perform my um, my past with original singers, and so I put this thing together, Michael Schenker Fest, celebrating. Um, the, my past, uh, uh, most popular music, uh, with the original singers, uh, at least with MSG, uh, the MSG part of it. And so the idea with Temple of Rock has always been to, to eventually, you know, step by step, uh, develop Temple of Rock in its own, 
a unique style and and create its own entity and and also have Doogie eventually sing only Temple of Rock material. And so we are, you know, moving towards it very, very good. And uh, I guess after the third Temple of Rock album that we are very close to it to have, you know, basically enough material for Temple of Rock to stand on its own feet. And, and so I'm looking at combining all these things and creating bigger shows and uh, making, you know, the, the, the future of my uh, live presentation, uh, you know, bigger shows, bigger venues, uh, bigger, bigger, uh, you know, everything. And so, and then include Temple of Rock uh, when everything is developed uh, to that level where it can all be supported, uh, you know, because it's going to be bigger. But anyway, we're starting in baby steps. We basically, I'm realizing, we already started the baby step last year with Graham Bonnet playing in Japan and having him on stage. And I guess that sparked the idea you know, moving to the next level. And so now we have Robin McCauley and Graham Bonnet and Gary Vaughan and, uh, and, and doing this for the first time uh, on that level now uh, at Sweden Rock. And uh, it's already creating a big buzz and it's already the most uh, uh, um, talked about uh, uh, thing uh, uh, with, with Richie, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Um, we already have confirmed end of August in Japan, um, we're playing 5,000 seater there, so it's definitely creating um, uh, big excitement, and and uh, it's going to be, we're already moving um, towards the UK, and um, which is the next most obvious step, and uh, as we're doing the uh, the Sweden walk, and we're moving on, by the time we're going to, to Japan, it will be already uh, developed even further. And so mm-hmm. nothing will stay the same. It will consistently move in baby steps more and more towards a bigger uh, show that you can't do overnight. It needs to develop into that in order to, you know, be prepared for next level of, of operation. And so by the time we're doing Japan, it will already be a bigger, a bigger thing. And uh, by the time, you know, we do the next and et cetera, et cetera, it will... Uh, be digested and understood what needs to be done in order to, you know, support that and be um, have an organization that can, you know, be behind it and stuff like that. So, so, so the best thing is always to move forward in baby steps, you know, so that you can digest what you're doing and live it and be it and understand it and move to the next. And so, right. Sweden work will be the next. And uh, and uh, looking forward to that. It's uh, it's uh, you know very exciting to actually, uh, especially you know being called the fest and uh, being able to celebrate the past you know with original singers. It's it's yeah. great for the newcomers. It's great for the people who want to re-experience how it used to be. And it's just you know fantastic. You know um, we are moving towards things that 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 make sense. Do you find, Michael, maybe it's just perception in the United States that your career is, is on a very big upswing, really, of probably you're as big as you have been in the last 30 years. Is that just perception, or do you feel that as well? Well, I think I look at it this way. Now, um, you know, being having been through everything, mm. I can see uh, the puzzles, you know. I can put them together, and I can see a picture. And that is basically... You know, I can three major steps in my life. Um, the first is uh, 
making my music a contribution to the world uh, in the 70s, which was then uh, used uh, in the 80s uh, uh, by, uh, you know, uh, commercialized, uh, made simpler and, and played to the wider mass, um, more watered down, you know, one bass drum, one snare drum, and, and uh, made it more accessible for people. So basically I see myself as uh, the 70s was my part, that was my assignment. Um, and, and, you know, I, by the time in 76 we had the first hit with Lights Out in America, then to the Handle Rock Only You Can Rock Me, we played arenas, we did Strangers in the Night, which became one of the uh, most, you know, um, biggest, biggest live albums, basically, under, at least in the cycle of, uh, circle of musicians. And, uh, so, um, I basically experienced the peak and the, the excitement of the, the circus of rock and roll on that level. And I realized that it, that wasn't really what I was looking for, but I knew what it tasted like, and 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 you know I, I didn't need to be there basically after Strangers in the Night, and I I kind of uh, left. And the Scorpions they were getting ready for the uh, for the Love Drive album, and they couldn't um, put it together. Matthias wasn't ready for it. Rudolf found out that I had just left UFO, and that was the big moment to see. To, to make it, you know, to put the foot in for America. You know, they hadn't toured America by that time yet, and they show, found that as a big opportunity. I was already voted number five guitarist in the state, and so I had, um, you know, basically um, created a, a path that was, you know, very appealing to the Scorpions. And uh, so when I... And, but anyway, I was just asked to help out, so I helped out. It was Rudolf, my brother, and so... I, I, I worked on the stuff he sent me, and uh, when I finished, they were so impressed, they didn't let me go. Basically, they didn't want to let me go. All the management in America, everybody was getting so excited that, that, that there was this band with two Schenker, you know, with two brothers in the band, and somebody from UFO who just left, you know, the big scene, and so right. they, all, they all thought there was going to be something really big going on. So basically... They didn't want to let me go, and me being seven years younger than, than the rest of the guys, um, and very shy, uh, didn't know how to, you know, well, basically, I said, yes, I do it. And, uh, you know, so I took my black and white guitar and uh, my black and white outfit and started touring with them. After two weeks of touring, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't just, you know, sit there and play Uli rough stuff. There was so much material of Uli involved that I was not interested, you know. I had my own vision as a guitarist. And that was pure self-expression, not playing other people's songs. And so I, I couldn't face the fact we were on the road. I could not, as that shy person that I was and being that much younger. When I did my first Scotland album, I was only 15 years old, you know. And they already, um, you know, I, I wrote my first song as I was 15. And uh, they were already over 21. And, and I wrote most of the songs of, on Lone Time Crawl. And they credited also the Scorpions. So I was already taking advantage of them. Um, just focusing on music. I didn't even know that I had any rights. <laughs> so basically, right. that's, I, I found out from UFO that that was, you know, my right. But anyway, um, you know, I was basically much younger than them. And so I was a little boy in comparison. They were grown up people. And so I, I ran away. And, and then they, they basically, um, um, you know, they already sucked Matthias. And, uh, and they, he was pissed off. And, and, and I guess he didn't want to come back. 
So Rudolf called up and he called me on the phone and he found me and uh, he basically cried on the telephone. I was so embarrassed. I said, okay, Rudolf, I do it. Hmm. I came back and rejoined them. I tried the second time. I just could not do it. I ran away again and that was it. And I guess at that point, the Scorpions, they were forced to figure out how to get Matthias back and they must have promised him the world. However, Matthias came back. I was happy. And, and, and I was happy that I was basically released, you know, from the Scorpions. But I was the sixth member of the Scorpions. And basically, uh, I had a contract with them. And uh, so, uh, anyway, I didn't think, I didn't know anything at, at that point. I didn't even check the last life credits or anything. I just let it all go. I was happy. I was by myself. I was now happy to, you know, start my second part of my life, you know, which was basically to experiment with music, to acoustic instrumentals, to electric instrumentals, play solo only for Mike Varney on several records, <laughs> stuff like that. So, and, and basically do whatever I wanted to do without compromise, without pressure, uh, I was happy, you know. And so I knew what it was like up there in the, in the rat race, and uh, it, was not it was not necessary for me to be there. For me, it was freedom of cre uh, creation, an expression, and that's what I was happy, uh, reaping the, the rewards of the now as you go treasure hunting, you know, play and discover and, and, and be rewarded as you make progress in, in, in self-expression or, or figuring out how, how, to, uh, how to get in touch with colors that haven't been out there but that come from within yourself and putting them out instead. So I did that for many, many years, basically probably around 30 years, and so... In 2008, uh, something happened, you know, I had this incredible urge to be on stage. I never liked being on stage, it was never my place, but, you know, the, the, the fascination of my, um, you know, lead guitar playing uh, brought me there. And so, why all of a sudden did I have the urge to be on stage? I couldn't understand uh, and you know, in the middle, in the in the in in those years when the which was for the Scorpions the 80s to to make it more for the commercial world, etc. And uh, you know, Rudolf in the early 80s he called me up and said, Michael, you're all playing your guitar star. You wouldn't believe it. I said, No way. I had no clue what impact I had on the rest of the world when I right. did what I did in the in the 70s. I did that for fun. You know, I was just happy, just like creating and and and. And so basically, Rudolf also asked me if he could use my, in the early 80s, if he could use my black and white guitar design. And I was wondering why, but I said, yeah, go ahead, you can do that. And then he also asked me if, he, if I would give him my songwriting credits for Coast to Coast. And I was wondering why he wanted that, why I, you know, I gave it to him as my brother. I was happy to be away from, from Love Drive and the Scorpions and do my own thing. And so... You know, and so I did my thing. I had my own record company. I had my own uh, recording studio, and and I experimented with MSG on various different levels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And of course, I also developed on the personal level. And and uh, 2008, I had this urge going back. I I did Michael Schenker and friends started the tour uh, with some uh, guys, uh, you know, with some friends, and and then uh, started my first album with Gary Pardon, uh, re reunion and in the midst of beauty. And that's how it all started all of a sudden, you know, going step by step in a direction in, in light, in, in, in lightning speed, you know, I couldn't believe what was happening. You know, I felt like I started all over again, I all over again. When I did Michael Schenker, I felt like 11 year old, you know, 
and mm-hmm. it was a really weird feeling, but everything happened by itself. I did this this, this demo, and uh, you know, in t- 2009, I was working with with, uh, with Harman Rabel and Pete Way on a live project, and, and I had this music. I wanted to make a demo, so I just went by myself into this recording studio with Michael Frost and asked him to do the the, the light uh, the uh, guide vocals. And when he was singing, he actually was able to. He was actually really singing. I went, Michael, you can actually sing. Why don't you, you know, be the singer? And uh, when I brought this this demo back to uh, Pete Way and and Herman Rabel, they went like, Wow, we want to be the rhythm section here. <laughs> so out of nowhere, I had a rhythm section and I had a a singer. And then I said to Michael, you know, this is this is. Oh, and then Michael Falls, he did this um, intro, and uh, at the same time, I get a, a phone call from from William Shatner's um, agent and uh, to play on his album, I went like, wow, can you please ask if he would speak on our record, you know? And so I ended up, you know, playing on his record and he ended up, you know, doing the uh, uh, intro to our first, to my first Temple of Rock album. And I went to Michael, this is incredible. I never planned anything. This is all going by itself. I don't know what is going on. And I'm having, I want to be on stage and I have fun playing. I can't understand, you know? And so... Then I said, like, let's get some great musicians from the past. You know, I ended up having Simon Phillips, in uh, uh, Carmen Appies, and Chris Slade, and Chris Glenn, and Paul Raymond, and people from the past, and additional musicians. And it felt like something really special started to happen, you know. And then when I wanted to tour, then uh, Michael Foss wasn't available, but I had Robin McCauley on the album. I had already Little Traces of the Future <laughs> being... Yeah. On, on that album, really weird. If you look back, it's like, it's almost like everything had to happen the way it happened. And so I wanted to go on tour and Michael Foss wasn't available. So I asked, uh, uh, Robin McCauley and he was doing America. Michael Foss was available for Japan and then Doogie White was available for, for the European tour. And then Mike, and then, uh, Pete Way got sick and then the next obvious choice was Helman, uh, Francis. And he was happy to join, and that was the beginning of this lineup. It was unbelievable, you know. So you can see it just goes like there's always so, there's already traces and hints in something previous that then you know becomes of, of the, something of a bigger picture. And so that's that's how Temple of Rock started to you know um, uh, you know shape up into this current lineup. And so you can see. That or I can see now that if I look back, that uh, you know my assignment was there for the 70s, and there was a reason why I needed to experience you know a little bit of that peak of that of that uh, rat race which leads nowhere. Uh, everybody knows uh, once you've been there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and but at least I you know I, I I think it was designed that way for me in order to to comfortably. You know, be myself and to, you know, I ended up being a trend maker and that my assignment was to create something in the seventies that was very usable for the eighties and that also allowed me to be myself in the eighties that allowed Rudolph to be, become very successful, which I always supported. You know, I always said, I'm so happy for Rudolph that he is so, that he's so successful as long as he is happy, you know. But then mm-hmm. when I was approached with a, with a, a love drive, um, the, the, the Scorpions did a, did a box, you know, 50 years of Scorpions, which by the way, is not even 50 years. You know, I started the Scorpions with Klaus Meiner. I was the only person who knew how to write songs. I wrote all the Lonesome Crow music basically, 
and, and whoever did the lyrics, I guess Klaus did, but he definitely wrote the lyrics to In Search of Peace of Mind, which was my first ever written song. And so I basically it was the musician in the band, and, and I wrote basically most of the of the stuff, and he was credited to all the Scorpions. And so, but that started when I was 15. They were already over 21. But that was, um, you know, the 50 years of Scorpions. If you start celebrating something like that, not the when the Scorpions when Rudolph was playing, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, cover versions of bands uh, in, in dancing clubs. You know, they had a name Scorpions, but that wasn't really the Scorpions. That was a whole bunch of different people. The real Scorpions recorded was Klaus and myself, and Rudolf was involved. But we, Rudolf can't really play guitar, and he couldn't then either. And so he was just basically always there, you know, but he was musically not really equipped. You know, it was Klaus and myself. And so when I, um, you know, when I uh, basically... Rudolf adapted everything he knows. What I did uh, when I, when when we did the first Scorpions album, Lonesome Crow, because I joined UFO and the Scorpions were stuck by themselves, and so Rudolf were use, was using my my approach. You know how he, he knew how how I was writing songs, and they also always visited me in the UK every time they they had a concert there. They, when I already was, um, you know, in my home in London when I was with UFO already, and they listened to my latest compositions. And if you actually backtrace, you can find out that that every time UFO created an album, the Scorpions would do something similar on their next album, and they even included the the artwork uh, designer. You know, they, they use it the same, they use the same uh, art artwork designer. As UFO, so that they adapted my image, they, they adapted this UFO stuff, and mm. and basically they adapted everything, you know, until they were ready for the 80s, and then they used that and and made it their made it their own, you know, including Rudolf made the black and white guitar his, his guitar, and <laughs> he 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 fabricated and and you know I I was um, when they asked me to do the uh, last drive um, the 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 Scorpion Spocks. I was very disappointed finding out that they wrote the wrong Love Drive story, which of course they had to publicate that because they had to, you know, paint Matthias a different picture because he was basically, he was sacked, but they couldn't tell him he was sacked. So they had to rewrite and publicate a, a Love Drive story. That was the first disappointment that I found out after 30 years, after never checking on anything of, of Love Drive. Credits. Then I found that there was that that, that I wasn't credited uh, for the intro in uh, Holiday, which set up the, the the Holiday song really beautifully, which, which became the most successful ballet in Greece um, for the Scorpions. And my name wasn't even managed, man, mentioned then, mentioned there. And then um, you know, and then of course today I can find out. I I, I realized why Rudolf wanted to have the songwriting credits for for Coast to Coast. They were the most tastiest parts to play, to copy, and with his, with his ability of guitar playing, you know, he was able to fabricate a distortion um, using my name whenever it was beneficial over the years and leaving it out whenever it was beneficial for them, creating a false picture. Even some Love Drive re-releases don't even mention my name. So over the years, they were able to fabricate uh, to newcomers especially that as if it was always down to Rudolf and Klaus, that I actually never really played a, ma a major role in this whole thing. And so right. by being approached now, 
I must say I'm very disappointed that it was done in such a sneaky way and that my generosity of giving my brother the black and white design, letting him use it and giving my brother the, the songwriting credits for Coast to Coast, that he misused that, you know. He actually basically, you know, screwed his little brother. And I'm very, very, uh, um, you know, disappointed about that. I'm not bitter about it because I got out of my life what I wanted, you know, and and... and and he got out of the life, and he got out of life what he so desperately wanted. But I didn't know he was done fabricated. You know that he used used my my generosity. I didn't know that had to be done that way. But I guess, universally speaking, it was maybe the only way that he could um, experience success that he wanted so desperately on the level that he experienced it. Because if you look at the bigger picture, um, you know. You don't know what salt um, um, tastes like unless you taste it. So you never will be satisfied what uh, it really feels like to be um, highly successful unless you, you, you experience it yourself, you know. So I guess, universally speaking, that enabled me to detach from that world and realize that it was not for me and, and I was satisfied having had that experience and knowing it wasn't for me. So I knew what taste what soul tasted like, so I knew it wasn't what I wanted to taste. So therefore, yeah. it was easy for me to step back and make space for Rudolf, unconsciously, yeah, subconsciously, universally speaking, as a design that was put together by something bigger than all of us. And uh, it was it, it was enabling it was enabling it was make it possible for Rudolf to taste the salt and to fully absorb it um, in order for. If, you know, he is still alive, and he has probably a long life ahead of him. That uh, that it was very important for him to have that experience to really realize that this rat race is not the end of the of the of the uh, what is it, uh, the, the journey. You know, it's the rat right. race is just something that we will all find out is not um, the final result. It will not make us happy. So, but you cannot believe it unless everybody needs to go there for themselves. <laughs> you, you will not believe it unless you taste it. So that's how yeah. I look at it. But you know, I'm still disappointed that it had to be done that way. I'm not bitter about it. But at the end of the day, I basically have made the decision to stay away from Rudolf, and because I don't know what else he has got in his trick box, you know, and 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 he will never. Because at this point he's addicted to 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 success, you know. He cannot, you know. He has such a deep groove. It's like an alcoholic being 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 uh, or an addict being addicted to, uh, you know, heroin or something. You you can't let go of it. At some point, if you had it all your life on a persistent level, and and the scorpions, by the way, they put together in four different incarnations. You know, there was the first one. I'm saying that because the scorpions think they are it. You know, the three, the three scorpions, Klaus and and Rudolf and Matthias, they think that they are they are the creator of the universe and they are not it. You know, they 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 even celebrating 50 years of scorpions ahead of their time because they're running out of idea how to you know keep producing etc etc etc. It looks all too desperate and stupid. I mean, they have become numb and dumb and old and bold. It is it is just it's just stupid. They're fooling their fans now. They're misusing them, misleading them, and they are, have become numb and they don't feel anything anymore. It has nothing to do with music anymore. They don't write their songs, their own songs, 
it is nothing. It's the last 23 years was just milking the past. And they're doing it on the expense of Francis and Herman. They were the people that used, they, used, they should be uh, 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 rewarding those rewards because the 80s was the commercial money-making period, period, okay? So, but before they got to the 80s, they went through a, a start. So I was the 15-year-old that, that made sure um, that there was instant, uh, international recognition as a 15-year-old lead guitarist. Yeah, and, and it wasn't, uh, according to other people, it wasn't just an ordinary guitar playing. So it already set up the Scorpions' name for a, a right. big start. And then when I joined UFO, they used the UFO name, and, you know, the UFO, which was already successful in some parts of the country in Europe, in Germany and so on, they already sold uh, a large amount of hours as a psychedelic rock band. I turned them into a rock band, and then they used my name on the Lonesome Crow album featuring Michael Schenker from, 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 from UFO. And so that helped them to keep, you know, moving upwards. And then, of course, they had, I made sure I got them Uli, Uli John Ross, who, you know, impressed me when I was 14 years old. So when I left the Scorpions, I was making sure that I didn't disappoint Rudolf and Klaus and, 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 we, uh, and, and offered, you know, and, and asked Uli to, you know, if he was a, uh, interested and able to, to take my place, and he did, and that was important. And so Uli and I, we found, we laid a deep musical foundation because we're both artists, you know, we are both into, in, in, you know, the, 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 the ear that I was in love with was, you know, the, 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 the it had to be a great guitarist and a great singer in the band. Otherwise, it was not music for me. <laughs> that was Absolutely. what I was in love with. So I was in love with Zeppelin, The Purple, and Black Sabbath, and I used that kind of music to, to um, as a scream, to put my talent on top of it, which, which was, you know, lead guitar playing. That's my fascination. That's where my um, personal... Uh, pure self-expression comes in. It's not so much the, the songwriter, the songs itself. I use them as a scream uh, to put my lead guitar playing as a separate adventure. And, and, and it did that part when Rudolf called me up, oh, Michael, they're all playing your guitar style. Uh, it, it is that part that I am a trend maker of. You know, not, not so much the music, but the music in a sense too, because, you know, I wrote, I write my music I put my notes together in certain ways, but it's mainly it's the guitar playing, the lead guitar playing. That is my my it's my my thing, my fascination, and that's where I'm coming from. So when people go like, "Oh, what what is so special about Michael Schenker's uh, 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 songwriting or music?" Well, it's not so much that. It's more my lead guitar playing. And so mm -hmm. when when people adapted my lead guitar playing, you know, and because it was all about lead guitar playing, and it was about a great singer, and of course, great musicians. I mean, Led Zeppelin, they have all the best musicians in, in one band, you know. And so, you know, well, uh, John Bonham is my favorite musician of all time, you know, period. And I knew that when I was 14, 15 years old. And so, basically, you know, the Scorpions, then in the 80s, there was Francis Buchholz and, and, and Hermann Rabel. They were very important for the Scorpions. That they, they so boldly leave them out of award-winning and, 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 you know, making the, making the Scorpions 
value in, and then also, of course, on a political level. So they had covered everything, and then they started playing Russia, and and because of the political career, they 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 got a foot in on the Russian side. They ended up covering all levels, you know, politically, artistically, and commercially. That's why the Scorpions have such a big, strong foundation. Not because of those three, you know, people. Klaus is the only one left that has real, real talent, you know, but the other two, they just, they, 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 they walk in on false pride, you know. And it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place, you know, because he becomes arrogant and he becomes big-headed and he becomes addicted to something that he didn't really do that much towards, you know, he, he, he just stayed in that, in that thing and, 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 and you reap the, the, what, what was so, what was sown by so many different people. But anyway, my point is that Herman and Francis, they totally got screwed, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so Scorpions here yeah, is, is, uh, Scorpions is 2020 is the, Anniversary. <laughs> that's that's when I celebrate my 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 Scorpion anniversary. <laughs> you, you have your own private. Anyway, Michael, I, yeah, I want to thank yeah. you. Uh, want to thank you so much for the time. Um, I really appreciate uh, you sharing the stories and in, in, uh, on the new DVD, which is fantastic, and and your thoughts on the Scorpions. It's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Thank you very much. Right again, a big thank you to Michael Schenker for taking the time again. Temple of Rock uh, Live in Madrid is available now in Blu-ray and DVD. You can get that uh, probably the easiest place to Amazon. I know for sure has it, so you can check that out. Uh, really a very cool show. Um, as I said in the interview, and I wasn't just blowing smoke, Michael's career to me at least seems to be on quite an upswing. There were many years I know in my youth uh, where other than contraband, uh, the album Contraband, which had a real cool cover of All the Way to Memphis, you didn't really know much about Michael Shanker. You knew the, the Michael Shanker group, uh, but they didn't have any real giant hits in that era. Um, and you knew kind of the legend of UFO, and, and you didn't really know the Scorpions, this is in the 80s, the Scorpions with Michael Shanker. That was, you know, for the kids who grew up in the 70s. For us that grew up in the 80s, he was kind of a mystery. Um, so it was really cool to, to see in the last 10 years uh, he's gotten his per- personal life in order and his professional life seems to be really be flourishing so congratulations to Michael uh, you can find more information about us at ironcityrocks.com Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube are all forward slash ironcityrocks again as I mentioned at the top of the show the drive for the cure the uh, benefit for the cure starts now golf outing in Dawson, Pennsylvania on August 27th Sign your foursome up. Tell them we sent you. We'll get you some concert tickets for your trouble. Make a great uh, two nights out with your buddies. So check that out as well. And we'd love to hear from you. IronCityRocks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Till next time, take care. (laughs) 